0: Hello, I'm Dylan. And I'm Keon. And this is Zenith, that podcast with incest, because this week we watched Hostage.
1: written by Alan Pryor.
0: Directed by Veer Lorimer.
1: And aired on February 27th, 1979.
0: Disclaimer, this podcast does not have incest.
1: Now yeah, speak for... Oh, no. <laughs> uh, well, hang on. <laughs> hang on a minute. So this episode starts with... <laughs>
0: <laughs> this week in Doctor Who, we're off to Armageddon factor, as will be the norm for the rest of series B, so...
1: Yeah, thanks for remembering to say that every single week, because I forget that we even... Do that,
0: and I was actually wrong. I'm Again Factor didn't finish till the twenty fourth, which actually means that last week's episode Killer actually aired during the airing of I'm Again Factor. I said last week that it aired afterwards, and I was mistaken.
1: Yeah, and the disappointing ending to the Key to Time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, well, at least you could after you get disappointed with the Key to Time, like t- sw- swap over to Blake Seven and see Blake. You know what? You know what? Let's not spoil it yet. We'll we'll get there. So the, this story begins with...
1: It begins with some shots of the Liberator in space, and these actually looked way better than most shots of the Liberator in space. I don't know what it was about them, but they just looked better. Yeah. And the Blake you, 7 Wiki lists Alan Pryor as... <laughs> I mean, I know he's not the director or whatever, but they list him as one of the most prolific writers. I wonder if he had something to do with how the Liberator is framed here. I wonder if that was in his script at all or anything.
0: I mean, maybe. Uh, some writers will write in, like, stage directions or, or directing cues into their scripts because they envision a certain scene being shot a certain way. But in in general, I feel like it's left up to the discretion of the director. <laughs> Although, you know, in TV work, and we've talked about this on Trust Your Doctor before, how in TV work, the writer is more important to how a story comes out than a director, and, and whereas in like a movie, the director is much more important to how the, the final product looks than the writer.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we have talked about that before.
0: Mostly because, well, we have, not on Zenith, but like, a, like we said before, it mostly comes down to the fact that on a TV show, you're trying to, trying to get uh, some sort of homogenized feel between the episodes, at least on most serialized television shows, on something like Black Mirror or, uh, you know, uh, an ensemble anthology series, you can get away with having a completely different style for every episode because there's a different cast, there's a different story. You know, Black Mirror has a different, completely different cost completely different story every single episode you can almost like miniature movies so you can get away with having a completely different visual style episode to episode something like blake 7 you're trying to at least maintain some visual continuity from episode to episode so you're not going to have someone doing high extreme vertical angles on people because it's going to look really weird and out of context in the blake 7 universe
1: sure sure Anyway. There's also the fact that you know, you're pumping out these things weekly. <laughs> yeah, that's also true.
0: <laughs> you're pumping this thing out on like a two week schedule. You're like, you got two weeks to film this veer, and you're like, oh, damn. <laughs> Yeah, I was really hoping for three weeks this time.
1: Anyway, some ships show up, and they waste, like, seven minutes with that. (laughs) Well, this is a very intense
0: space battle. I really
1: liked this episode, and this episode kind of reminded me of Duel in that, like, for what it was, it was pretty great. When you're finished with the episode and you actually look back on the events of the episode, you're like, wow. They actually made that really interesting, despite the fact that it was just, like, nothing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, so we meet the new Space Commander, who immediately gets replaced yeah, his at the end of the... Space s- Commander. His name is just literally Space Commander, because we never hear his name, and I'm pretty sure he never comes back again, because Travis is back in action at the end of the story. This poor Space Commander, who basically actually gets closer to killing Blake than Travis Anyone ever really. did.
1: Yeah, I mean, the only one who even <laughs> gets even remotely as close as this guy is Tarvin. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, basically he's got like I think 12 pursuit ships he's got a bunch of pursuit the yeah
1: the liberator doesn't pick up these ships at all it's just a bunch of pursuit ships from every angle they like try to evade the ships but there's more coming from where they try to evade to yeah, the- they have EN- Ensor designed lasers and they're firing them <laughs> <laughs>
0: what are we at on the Ensor beam count that you said you were going to keep I mean, I a month ago?
1: I haven't kept track of it. I think this is like the fourth time we've seen the beams. I haven't kept track of who had them.
0: Well, so the first note I made in this story was right now when I get said, I guess Avon's gadget that was supposed to protect them from Federation sensors <laughs> just completely failed before the start of the story. Yeah. And they, and, and uh, bring Philip like brings this line. up. He's like, when are you going to fix that gadget, <laughs> Avon? <laughs> and he's like, when I find the parts to <laughs>
1: Avon acting all high and mighty in this story when it was his own fault. I mean, not really. I mean, the
0: events of this entire story are basically his fault. Kind of. Most of the events of this story. Not all of the events of the story, but most.
1: I mean, them getting saved is also somewhat... He's responsible for that, at least in part. Only because he
0: realized that them getting trapped was his fault, too.
1: (laughs) But anyway, in this sort of chase scene, we see the glowing... uh, We see the orb on the liberator glowing... I was wondering, have we seen it glow before? I don't think we have.
0: No, I don't think we have because I noticed that as well. Actually,
1: so, interesting, interesting touch there.
0: This is also, I think, the first time we see consoles on the Liberator console room like actually just explode when they get hit by things. Like also, the outside of the Liberator just completely explodes at times in this when they get hit with plasma bolts. I think they they say they get hit with twelve plasma bolts.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean they take some damage in the in the uh, in, in, in the interior.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, so the space commander talks with his mutoids and he's like, yo, how much damage do we do? And we're like, we're not sure. The computer can't read it.
1: Right, these there's this is sort of a new mutoid design. They don't yeah. look as green as they once did. They look more human. Yeah. I didn't I even mean, know I, mean, yeah, I didn't, even, I didn't know even know there
0: were mutoids until Serverland called them mutoids later. Yeah, and I was like, Wait, exactly. those are mutoids?
1: Yeah, and what's weird is they have the old mutoid design in this story as well. So, I mean, I guess there are multiple types of Maybe mutoids. these are
0: premium mutoids. I mean, maybe, yeah. They, I, like, cost more. I
1: mean, there's obviously multiple types of them, but it was just sort of strange, strange decision.
0: Kind of, but not surprising, I think.
1: Yeah, when this, when the space commander first showed up anyway, I was like, oh, is this going to be the new wannabe Travis? And then he, like, came really close to killing Blake, and and everyone else was like, oh, I guess he's, uh, you know... A guess little, he's little, more little,
0: successful Travis. Yeah. Which doesn't save him from Servalan. It clearly shows that Servalan has like a weird fetish for keeping Travis around because she basically tells the space commander to place himself under arrest or, or else, and he's like, I protest, and then she just commands the mutoids to arrest him. So that kind of sucks for him.
1: Yeah, maybe she just has a weird eye patch fetish. <laughs> oh, boy. Maybe the only weird fetish in this story. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I said it right before recording. They just couldn't include romance in Blake Seven without it having being totally without it being totally messed up, could they?
0: Without it being completely f-ed up, I'm gonna beep that out in post. <laughs> but there's no other way to say it. There's no other way to say it. <laughs> just...
1: I mean, when you think about it, it's actually the perfect way to include romance in Blake Seven because of how, yeah, just. F- up let's, it is. Okay,
0: let's get there first let's get there first. I mean it's
1: pretty much right here because they arrive at the planet pretty much right now.
0: Well they don't well we haven't explained why they go to the planet. Yeah, yet. They,
1: they explain what's going on because they receive this message from well, so
0: Villa falls asleep at the console. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Villa, Villa falls asleep a lot in Villa, this story. Villa really disappointed me in this story.
0: So Blake, like, wakes Villa up. He's like, yo, did you get that message, Villa? And Villa's like, what message? And Blake's like, the one that just came through. And Villa's like, I don't know of any message. Ask Orak. And Blake's (laughs) like, yeah, I guess I'll ask Orak about this message that you were supposed to be listening for, Villa. (laughs)
1: Help, Villa. This reminded me of a a fanfic I came across recently. What? It's written in the style of emails between the Liberator crew. (laughs) And it's really long. And the only part I read from it was Villa emailing Callie to ask her for some Soma. (laughs) She refuses. Well, of a course. Smiley in her refusal. Which well, Zilla asks her in this story yeah. as well, and she refuses. After they get hit with all the plasma medicinal pers- Purposes only.
0: And he, and then she's like, are you dying? And he's like, well, I'm thinking about it. Also, there's like these interesting little like side arm control things attached to the chairs in this episode that J- like Jenna uses to pilot the Liberator when they're in the battle that I've hmm, never seen them that. use before on the show. I
1: mean, it seems like they've added a bunch of things to the Liberator in this episode that maybe they just didn't finish until now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> a year and a half into the show.
1: <laughs> I mean, maybe they were planning on adding some stuff for series B despite the fact that it takes place, it starts like 30 minutes after the end of Orac, or less. But maybe they were planning on adding some stuff that just didn't get finished until now. Kind of like how they'd never finished the pursuit pursuit ships until episode nine of <laughs> series A. Kind of like how we've never
0: seen that treasure room <laughs> that keeps getting mentioned. So Anyway, they
1: get the message. It's from Travis. He's down on this planet called um, X- X-Bar. X- yeah, X-Bar.
0: Which I remember because every time he says x bar, I just think of a variable. The bar test. No, the the very the like physical variable x with a bar above it. But huh. Kind of like h bar, but it's an x. It's an x bar. Kind
1: speaking of, like of h episode, bar,
0: it's foo bar. <laughs> kind of speaking of h bar, there's a college that has like a bar in the physical sciences area of campus called the h bar, and I'm like, wow.
1: Yeah, I mean, my school's philosophy department is called Plato's Cave, and they have a bunch of obnoxious signs placed all around it with arrows, and they say Plato's Cave. And Sick. yeah, it's
0: pretty cool, dude.
1: Epic, <laughs> epic, dude. <laughs> Wicked
0: awesome. That's pretty wizard, my dude. <laughs>
1: Episode one still can't get over the fact that they included that phrase in the Phantom Menace. <laughs>
0: Yo, this is Wizard Annie. <laughs> I'll try spinning, that's a good trick.
1: Still better than the dialogue in episode 8 and 7.
0: Oh, that's a lie.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's re- a lie. I've only watched 7 twice and 8 once, so I'd have to go back. You know, compared to like 20 times watching episode 1, 2, and 3.
0: Anyway... Blake's like, that's totally wizard, dudes. Let's go to the planet. Because Travis basically reveals to Blake, because Blake didn't know this at this point, that Travis is on the run from the law, and he thinks that they should team up together to fight the law. And Blake's like, yeah, I'll do that. I'll come to the planet. And uh, basically everybody on the Liberator knows that this is a trap.
1: And, I mean, the reason why this episode is called A Hostage is because Travis has a hostage. It's Blake's cousin, uh, Inga.
0: Except... Except Travis refers to her as Blake's cousin in the most roundabout way possible because he
1: basically says No, this is Blake who says it actually. They, is it? they don't cause Travis doesn't explain who Inga or Ashton even are. And then it's Jenna who goes and asks Blake, like, hey, who's who are they? And then Blake is like, Ashton is my father's brother, and Inga is my father's brother's daughter. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so that's your cousin, Blake. <laughs> we know you're trying to obfuscate your relationship with yeah. this woman, but that's your cousin, Blake. Yeah, in
1: hindsight, that's totally what he's doing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, at this point we we see Servalan, and her fashion statement for this week in Servalan Fashion Watch is a massive white flower on her left lapel.
1: Still wearing plugs, still has those plugs.
0: They look like big pearls in
1: this episode to me. Yeah, they look like plugs to me. I'm just gonna go with that.
0: Okay. We meet Counselor Joban, proven wrong eventually. Counselor Joban, who...
1: Yeah, Tobias Vaughn. Yeah, I
0: recognized, <laughs> so I went and looked him up, and it's Tobias Vaughn.
1: I guess the from glass... From The Invasion, we yeah, should mention oh, what story is from. So, I also, guess... Maverick the Maverick
0: Chan and the Dalek Invasion of Earth. Fun
1: fact, oh yeah. those are the same actors. Oh, yeah. I guess the glass eye was just the actor, not the uh, character. Maybe. Or this, I don't know if it's an actual glass eye, but he squints in one eye.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's, his name is Kevin Stoney. Classic Kevin Stoney.
1: Probably one of those people who's in every British sci-fi show. Or just every British show in general.
0: Maybe. I mean, Tobias Vaughn was like one of the most fleshed out and actually believable villains of most of the classic series of doctor who
1: i mean i don't know if he was fleshed out they just focused a lot on well him. Like not necessarily fleshed, that,
0: fleshed out but the most is, belie- mo- believable motivation was like yeah i, I guess. mean they
1: also gave him a lot of focus i seem to remember him getting as much screen time or more screen time than most doctor who villains would get
0: yeah i also seem to remember him going back <laughs> a lot in that story but anyway he has some dialogue with serverland he's like yo if you don't capture Blake we're gonna like have to do some serious reorganization of the command structure here because I supported you to get into this position and people are starting to talk about how you haven't captured Blake and it's been like a year and a half since he escaped from prison at least and she's like who's talking that's a breach of security and he's like don't worry about it people just know
1: (laughs) (laughs) so he leaves (laughs) And she's like, wow. And Servaland receives a message. We don't know who the message is from yet.
0: Yeah, it just kind of indicates that Travis is on a planet called X-Bar in Sector 4.
1: Right. Back on the Liberator, they're deciding what to do over a glass of blue milk. Yeah, really, I noticed this. Really needed that Star Wars audience. We actually
0: forgot. The, I, I was going to say, in this story, there's a lot of weirdly colored drinks because Servaland's got, like, green milkshake on her desk, too, that she gives the Joban. I mean,
1: it's some. It's alcohol. I'm, Based on the way she drinks it, unless you're just taking a tiny sip of green milkshake. Or if it's a milkshake, it's like the thinnest milk possible because it's like a clear liquid.
0: Yeah, so there's a lot of weirdly colored liquids in this story. Oh, that maybe it was drink. a
1: shamrock shake from McDonald's.
0: But those are pretty good, man.
1: I've never had one.
0: I missed them this year. Dang it. I have to wait till next year now.
1: Dang Double. It.
0: Triple dang it. Anyway, so they're drinking this Whoa, blue man. milk.
1: Gonna have to censor all of that out, you know.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Might have to mark this episode express.
1: <laughs> Can't go saying dang on public podcasting. <laughs>
0: so... So, Blake is oddly... Drinking his blue milk.
1: Yeah, well, he's oddly... Kind of like how what he does in... Uh, the one after Pressure Point, whose name I'm forgetting. Oh, Trial. Trial. Yeah. Kind of like he does there. He's weirdly passive-aggressive about it. He's like, well, I'm going down. And I don't expect anyone to uh, come with me or even help me. But uh, I'm just going to do my own thing. And He's uh, just like,
0: I just need you guys to put me on the planet. I he, don't care if you guys come with me. I just need you to put me on the planet.
1: He like, it seems obvious to me at least that he knows they're going to do more than that. Yeah,
0: it seems to me like he's he's doing like the wink-wink nudge stuff. like, I don't need any help, guys but I know one of you's going to feel real guilty about not helping me, and you're going to come and down it's gonna eventually. be Avon. <laughs> Surprisingly, Avon's like, should we really go down there, Blake? And he's like, yeah, we should. And Avon's like, you, you know it's a trap, right? And Blake's like, yeah, I do.
1: <laughs> and Avon says the same thing later when Jenna asks him why he's going down. He's like, well, I'm just going to do it. I have a bad feeling about this, and uh, I know everything's going to go wrong, but I'm yeah, going to do it anyway.
0: Callie at this point mentions something to Jenna, and it's like, hey, Never mind. And yeah. Jenna's like, what is it? And Callie's like, no, it's not important. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you forget this happened. Uh,
1: I mean, yeah, because Callie has spoken up before and been right most of the time. And here she's just like, yeah, don't worry about it. It's probably nothing.
0: And Jenna's just Jenna just accepts this. She's like, yeah, probably nothing.
1: Yeah, Jenna and Callie have a really small role compared to Blake, Avon, and Villa in this episode. I don't and Gan, oh you know, wait. Again, again. Really I'm still missing <laughs> Gan, honestly.
0: I'm not. What would he have done in this story? I mean, he would have been Bumbled there, around as the background. Liberator. Yeah, that's what I miss. Done nothing important. That's what I miss. Beam down to the planet, get immediately captured <laughs> by <laughs> Ashton.
1: That's all the things that I miss about him. Just his lovableness in the background.
0: <laughs> he's like the big bird of the Liberator crew. <laughs>
1: But yeah, Jenna and Callie sort of have a smaller role in this. But, I mean, they still do some stuff. I mean, I'm just damage controlling this. But, (laughs) you know, it was all right, in my opinion. Not good, but all right.
0: Jenna saves the day again at the end. Yeah. (laughs) Kind of.
1: Well, she saves herself and She saves Villa
0: because Villa's teleport bracelet ends up in the vacuum of space. (laughs) But she also saves Callie and herself.
1: Anyway, Blake gets down to the planet, and we didn't explain that X-Bar is like, it's sort of similar to Cygnus Alpha, if I remember correctly, in that the Federation has dumped people there in the past. Yeah. just given up on them. Yeah. And Blake's uncle...
0: unlike Cygnus Alpha, you walk up a hill and then you can't breathe anymore because apparently (laughs) the oxygen is so, like, light density on that planet that you walk up a 20-foot hill and you're already, like, impossible to breathe.
1: Right. They don't really... They introduce this, but they don't really do much with it.
0: No, they do stuff with the fact that it's really cold on X-bar. Though it doesn't look like it's cold; it looks like it's a, it's a straight up desert. But anyway,
1: <laughs> and weirdly, they do stuff with people running out of oxygen, but it doesn't. It's not related to the atmosphere of the planet. No, It's just Travis siphoning oxygen out of the room. <laughs> So, anyway, Blake meets up with Ashton, or Ashton or whatever his name
0: was. Spelt spelled with a U in the credits. So. He pulls
1: a knife on Blake at first, but then he's like, hey, it's me, Raj. And now he's like, like oh Raj. yeah, your first name is Raj. <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> kind of like how Avon's first name is Kerr. <laughs> or like how Gan's first name was Olag.
0: <laughs> What's Villa's first name? Is Villa, it Villa?
1: It's Villa. It's Villa all right. And uh, Jenna... God, what's Jenna's last name? I forgot. I can't believe I forgot. Stannis. S- oh, Stannis.
0: Stannis. It's like Romanov, something Russian.
1: <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> She's a black widow.
1: <laughs> and Callie is Callie
0: Does she Orion? have a last it's,
1: name? It's, I don't think it was ever mentioned, but officially it's like Orion or something. Okay. Or Orin? Callie something?
0: Well, wow, the wiki page, no, Oron is the planet she was sent from.
1: I've be, I've seen people referring to her as Kali Oron.
0: That's weird, because Oron is the planet she's from.
1: Yeah, that is, I mean, but maybe a lot of last names are derived from places, so. A lot of I last names
0: know. are derived from professions, too. Yeah. Like.
1: Like Baker, is in Tom Baker. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Tom Baker had an ancestor somewhere who was a baker. I think black comes from blacksmith. I'm not sure on that one.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Blake means black, right? So, I mean, the name Raj Blake really is just like red, black, right? I mean, etymologically, that's what it is, right?
0: Maybe that's what he is.
1: Red, black. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, know what, what that, that means. means. But... Maybe it's because his jumpsuit is red.
0: All the jumpsuits are white in this story. Yeah, because they, well, like, com- they're
1: using thermal suits in this one. I was going to say
0: they like completely threw away those color-coded thermal suits they introduced last season on that ice planet <laughs> with uh, Avalon in Project yeah. Avalon. Yeah. Because when Villa goes down, he's like, man, can't I get like, thermal gloves or something? They're like, no! <laughs> anyway.
1: Anyway, Blake gets taken to Ashton's
0: house, house, which is more like a hole in the side of the hill.
1: I mean, that's what he calls it, but they get into uh, it and looks pretty cozy looks pretty comfortable for where it is and what it is i mean that's
0: still i mean that doesn't mean it doesn't look like you know, a also, dirt hole because it does
1: <laughs> they're also probably starving and scavenging for food concerning ashton well i was gonna say broke his leg but i guess he was just faking that
0: yeah he said he broke it a year ago anyway
1: yeah or last year, he says, so maybe it was just a couple of days ago. There's a like weird shot year. here
0: that I'm going to call Lorimer out on because, like I said, it's weird. But when they...
1: What, just the shot of the brambles?
0: <laughs> well, that. But Blake mentions he's limping because he broke his leg, so it, like, shows his leg and that he's limping. I'm like, okay, cool. But then it just, like, stays on their legs for the next two minutes. They, like, walk over to the fire pit, and then Blake picks up the fire wood and then it pans up back to Blake's head. We like just see them walk huh. for like a minute just on their lower body. And I'm like, what? what is this huh. shot?
1: I really don't remember that.
0: Yeah. I just thought it was weird. I was like, this is kind of out of place almost. I
1: like the directorial decision where they panned down to the Liberator bracelet, teleport bracelet box and pan back up. But that's a lot later because Ashton sort of explains what's going on that uh, Travis and his men arrived a couple days ago. And took Inga hostage. Mm-hmm. And Travis has employed some Cremos. Yeah, Cremos. <laughs> Which are, is <laughs> it's a it's a portmanteau for criminal, criminal psychopath, psychos. Criminal psychopath. <laughs> That's what they say, but I guess it's criminal psycho.
0: Cremos. <laughs> Cremos remind me of kids dressed up when they're playing like I don't know, cops and robbers or something. I don't know why that was the first thing I thought of when I saw the Cremos, but it is.
1: They reminded me of something, honestly, but I couldn't place what.
0: Tron, maybe.
1: Probably not. Maybe.
0: They're wearing, like, bright stripes on their black uniforms for some (laughs) reason.
1: Anyway, they've taken up refuge, Travis and the Cremos that is, in a building that nobody on the planet was ever able to get into. Right. It's a Federation building. And it's up on a hill. So Blake decides he needs to go up there.
0: This At this point, Avon has beamed down from the Liberator. And, and Callie and Jenna are like, why are you going down? And he's like, "Uh, don't worry about it. Blake will need help. He, and yeah, then Cal- just, he says he has a bad feeling. And then Callie is like, he feels responsible for something. Or she doesn't say that. She says he feels guilty, I think. Or he, he's worried. And Jenna's like, well, why would he be worried? And Callie's like, well, there's only one reason why. <laughs>
1: Not that I knew what that one reason was,
0: I mean, when she said that my my first thought was, oh, he told like he set this whole thing up somehow with Travis. Turns out that's not the case, but
1: he set something up,
0: yeah, you find out later yeah, he' was the one who later. sent the message to Silverland that yeah. we talked about earlier.
1: anyway, he sort of spies on Blake as he leaves Ashton's or Ashton. i I felt like they called him Ashton, but it's spelled Ashton. I'm just gonna call him Ashton.
0: He leaves Ushton's place to run up the hill. That's literally what he does.
1: what they told him not to do. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And then Avon's like, I'm going to need help. Send Villa down.
1: So Villa comes down and Avon's like, all right, you're going to stay here.
0: And and, watch that house.
1: And I'm going to go help Blake.
0: But then Villa proceeds to immediately fall asleep (laughs) on the side of the hill.
1: Yeah, Villa was just the wrench being thrown in all of their plans in this.
0: Yeah, should have sent like Jenna or Cali down instead of
1: Villa. Yeah, they really should have, especially since Jenna. I I mentioned this on Twitter, and I actually hadn't noticed this, but Jenna really hasn't done much of anything since Bounty. I mean, she's done a couple things. She mm-hmm. had Servlant at Gunpoint in Pressure Point, and you know she's had a, a minor role in a couple other episodes. Right? She went to destroy the the Moon Disc Farms or whatever, but mm-hmm. really, like Bounty was her last big thing that she really did. And I read an interview with Sally that recently, actually, where she was basically expressing the same thing. You know, she was like, Well, they were sort of reducing my role. I wasn't really doing anything. And when the they when the show was pitched to me or whatever, I thought it'd be really cool because of this, the way the role was like, you know, you're gonna be a smuggler and you're part of this band of outlaws, but you know, then she sort of just ended up being delegated to the background.
0: Right. Well Which is kinda disappointing. In this story, she does More than she's been doing, I think.
1: I was okay with this story, even though Callie and Jenna were definitely sidelined at least a little bit.
0: I think Callie is the one who gets sidelined the most in this story, in my opinion. Uh, She does the least in, in this story.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true, I guess.
0: Anyway, Blake gets captured, Avon gets captured, Villa gets captured because he's passed out on the side of the hill.
1: They all fall into traps. Blake gets caught in, like, a bear trap. Blake gets caught in a bear trap, which apparently his, like, indestructible boots save
0: him (laughs) from losing his foot from.
1: (laughs) Avon gets caught in a net, and Villa gets caught by Ashton.
0: So they get taken to the compound, and then Travis basically sits Blake down. He's like, look, I got Inga. Uh, I want the Liberator. Blake's like, yeah, right, mm-hmm. as if I'll give you the liberator. We also
1: have a couple scenes of Inga being, like, tortured. And in those scenes, we find out that Ashton is working with Travis.
0: Right. Inga makes a break for it. Travis is like, capture her. And they just immediately capture her. Yeah. And Blake's like, wow.
1: Villa also gets held at knife point by Ashton. Yeah. Who makes? Who asks him whether anyone else is there. He's like, no, no, I swear. And he has this whole big thing about how he doesn't like people saying they swear.
0: Also, Ashton steals the teleporter bracelets, which was like his deal with Travis. Apparently, to steal the teleporter bracelets, because he gives them to Travis when he shows up with Avon. Yeah, so and here Travis. You go.
1: Travis reveals, of course, that he was never planning on working with Blake, and that he just wanted the Liberator.
0: Yeah, and Blake's like, "Yeah, I mean, I knew that. <laughs> I knew that this was a trap." So
1: trap this. Yeah, I mean. I really liked how this episode did Travis, right? This is the best Travis really has been mm-hmm. ever, um, pretty much.
0: Well, since he was introduced, I think.
1: Since he was introduced. I mean, maybe even better than Sequel Gate Destroy or Duel.
0: Probably because it's unlimited Travis. <laughs> Travis was limited before by his artificial limiter, a.k.a. Serverland, but now he's unlimited. Because he works outside the law.
1: Yeah, Sure.
0: He's a rogue cop who plays by his own rules. Coming this summer, Travis P.I.
1: Travis the movie. Travis the movie. Travis Seven.
0: (laughs) The well-renowned and well-hyped movie sequel to Blake Seven featuring Travis.
1: You know, I really hope the whole sequel slash reboot trend doesn't touch Blake Seven.
0: They've been trying to for a couple years. Sci-fi like that's acquired the rights to Blake Seven in two thousand and something, and there was like well, they were that's all
1: set. A scary thought.
0: <laughs> they were all set to make it, and then like everything <laughs> fell apart. Sci-fi actually makes pretty good like actual sci-fi shows now, like uh, The Expanse, which is basically the best science fiction show on TV right now, in my opinion. Even though it just got cancelled, which is kind of <laughs> devastating. Uh, Killjoys is like pretty fun. So Sci-fi makes actually good like science fiction television. Now, that's not to say the movies or any other television they make is any good, but at least they've got that. I really I don't guess. watch
1: TV anyway, so I don't know why I'm complaining, but. but anyway, yeah, the,
0: the Blake 7 reboot fell through. Not to say that people aren't still trying, but anyway.
1: I mean, it's going to happen eventually. Maybe. I think or it'll, it'll be like
0: Back to the Future and someone will be like, over my dead body.
1: <laughs> yeah, but then when that person dies, they'll be like. They'll be able to step over their dead body.
0: <laughs> maybe. Bob Zemeckis impossibly. will be like, oh, my dead estate, and then just signs the rights over this estate, which will last for like a hundred years. Then at that point, is it even worth it anymore?
1: Yeah, maybe. Maybe we need hundred year reboots.
0: <laughs> mean that would mean we'd have to reboot Mickey Mouse. Let's make a gritty well, Mickey Mouse reboot. Oh
1: god. <laughs> reboot what was Oswald the Lucky Rabbit? There you go.
0: Dritty Oswald (laughs) the Lucky Rabbit reboot. Oswald the Unlucky Rabbit. (laughs) So, getting back to the practically non-existent plot at hand.
1: (laughs) Like I said, this episode was pretty good for, like, when you go back and re-examine what actually happened. Because it wasn't a lot.
0: No. No, it really wasn't. So... (laughs) She, Travis finds out from Inga that, that Villa is the weakest of the three. Yeah, he, so,
1: yeah, so he, he brings out Villa and holds him at gunpoint, basically.
0: More like ring point. Yeah, ring point. <laughs> Bio, biomechanical arm point.
1: Asks him to uh, give them the keyword to operate the teleporter bracelet, which is just the. There is no key. I was kind of confused about this. There is no keyword, it's just communicating to Jenna. Yeah. Yeah.
0: To say teleport, yeah. So if, so Villa's like teleport, teleport. So Jenna, not realizing that it sounds like Villa is about to die when he <laughs> says that. Well, she does realize it actually, but she's like, "Well, sounds like Villa's in trouble. Better teleport him out of there."
1: Right. I mean, this is mostly Villa's fault for caving.
0: I mean, you would. I mean, cave that's how too. he. That's how he survives. So <laughs> Blake, Blake would cave. Avon would cave. They would all cave. At some point. Maybe not as quickly as Villa did, but at some point.
1: Yeah, I'm wondering, would any of them not cave?
0: Gan, maybe. No, Gan would cave. I don't know if Gan would cave.
1: Gan would cave.
0: Don't even try to act like Gan was his perfect paragon of a character. No,
1: I'm going to pretend that he was. That's how I'm going to always remember him.
0: Well, you're just lying to yourself when you do that.
1: No, when am I not? (laughs) Anyway... (laughs) What's his face gets teleported up Mo? to some cremo. No, this is he's named this is this is Travis's right hand. The cream-o. named cremo. It's Mokal or something like that. Mo. Mo. Moloch. Yeah, Moloch. He gets teleported up and, and like, gun oh, on Jenna. Shoot. She's like, "Oh shoot!"
0: Callie walks into the room and, and she's like, like, "Oh, oh shoot!" <laughs> <laughs>
1: So he tells them that uh, they're going to teach him how to pilot the Liberator. And they're like, no, "No, you know, you can't shoot us. You can't do anything because if we're dead, you're not going to be able to figure out how to pilot it. And he's like, I'll take that chance. I'm like, oh,
0: shoot. Well, so then he makes his questionable decision to take Callie down to the planet with him. Because I don't really remember why.
1: I remember they, I, I don't exactly remember what happens to this guy. I remember they go, they leave the teleporter room. At some point.
0: Yeah, and then they come back because he wants to take Callie down to the planet for some reason.
1: Yeah, I don't remember why, but in the process of doing that, Callie is able to catch him off guard. Mm -hmm. Basically, and Jenna teleports
0: teleports him into space, space,
1: kind of like what they did to Brian Blessed. (laughs) I mean, you mean exactly like (laughs) they did
0: to Brian Blessed. Yeah,
1: he blows up in space.
0: Yeah, he actually blows up.
1: which is As Brian Blessed did and as Raker did, I think. If (laughs) I remember correctly, Raker also blew up.
0: So yeah, Callie's like, "Where'd you be him?" And she's like, "Space." <laughs> she looks like she really enjoyed it too. She's like smiling and having a good time. She's doing the uh yeah, you, the Gan thing. Yeah,
1: you know, you gotta wonder like if if uh in in the process of smuggling, you know, how many people has Jenna killed, right? And does she miss doing that?
0: <laughs> miss smuggling or killing people? Either. Maybe both. Maybe that's why she joined up with what's-his-name in... What's-its-name? Tarvin in Bounty. Tarvin in Bounty. She just really wanted to kill somebody. She just wanted to kill some people. Oh, here I go killing again. I think I made that exact reference, like, last week. Anyway. Yeah, so down on the planet...
1: Ashton has had a change of heart. Because I think he realizes Travis has never been good to his word in his life. And he's probably just going to screw him over in the end. So he, he realizes decides...
0: this after making a deal with
1: Travis. So Travis and the Cremos are siphoning the oxygen out of the room where they're holding Villa, Blake and Avon. And yeah, Ashton so... comes in and messes that up for them, letting well. So the off, Well, first
0: Inga in. makes a break for it. She doesn't actually make a break for it. She, like, hides. And they think she's escaped. So the Cremos leave to go after her. And then she jumps out and, like, jumps Travis. And that's when Ashton comes in. And he also jumps Travis. And then he... Buggers with the oxygen. Yeah,
1: they let them all out, and then just to summarize what happens for the next like 10 minutes, they have this giant fight scene outside. All the Cremos die. Travis almost <laughs> dies. Well, if we get. Avon almost died. Okay, pause. They push some boulders down the hill, killing that's,
0: the Cremos. That's where well, we got to talk about the boulders.
1: <laughs> you mean the styrofoam?
0: That's what I say These are the most obviously styrofoam boulders. <laughs> On any television show I've ever seen. I mean, I know we've made a lot of references on on Trust Your Doctor and on Zenith to the boulders looking like styrofoam, but these, these just straight up, uh, uh, these are straight up styrofoam because they roll them down the hill and they like practically fly away in the wind. It's kind of hilarious. You
1: know, it's still not as bad as that styrofoam pulley that was supposed to weigh like 2,000 pounds in Frontios. And it's obviously only, like, half a pound. That's still worse. Still worse Is than it, this. Because when
0: you go back and watch this, and you'll notice that some of the rocks fly away when they're rolling down the hill. <laughs> I mean, they don't, like, fly off screen, but they, like, fly off course when they're rolling down the hill. Because they're so light that they have no, like, momentum going down the hill.
1: Well, all the actors, too, are, like, really overselling. Like, they're, like... Moving back and forth, trying to push these things down the hill and make them look really heavy, and it's well, just at some not working. point, like
0: Gareth Thomas, just gives up because he just lifts a rock and just launches it with his both hands. <laughs> just
1: start kicking these giant boulders down the hill.
0: <laughs> Honestly, I think the actors were having more fun with it than anything
1: else, just chucking styrofoam down the hill. Maybe they all have super strength.
0: Maybe Who they knows? do. Maybe, Maybe they're, they're all, all Superman. Maybe they're all Kryptonian.
1: Anyway, one of the cremos gets crushed by boulders. <laughs> what a way to go.
0: <laughs> better than the than the Krimo who just like just-48
1: def- hours in here. <laughs> Wait, like better or- than the Cremo who gets beamed into space. I mean, I don't know. I think I'd rather get beamed into space and blown up than get crushed by boulders. Not the Honestly. other
0: two cremos die. One gets like stabbed by
1: Ushtem. <laughs> Yeah, one just gets stabbed in the back by Ushton. The other one, I don't remember how. I, think, I don't, I don't even. I think they don't even show the death. I think they just show on they just. I think they just show Ushton run off screen, and then he comes back there and dealt with yeah. it, guys. <laughs> yeah, pretty sure that's exactly <laughs> what they do. And then...
0: I'm sorry, but this is just hilarious to me, but Travis is, like, cornered by Blake and Avon, and he shoots Avon in the arm, and then Ushton just throws a net on top of Travis. <laughs> and then blake goes over to tie up travis's arm but when he goes over there at first it looks like he gets tangled in the net as well i don't remember that and i'm like what the hell is going on here and then he just he just like ties travis's hands really poorly by the way
1: avon suggests killing travis and blake is like no that's not who i am something like that there was another scene where blake denies the similarity between himself and travis and that was earlier on
0: at this point, Avon's also mentioned he sent a message to Serfilan. And Blake's like, "Why would you do that?" And he's like, "I was hoping she would get your first deal with Travis, and then we wouldn't have to deal with any of this nonsense." Yeah. So Blake decides to leave Travis again.
1: Right. They go back to the base, and no, Blake, here I, we go. I think Blake offers for Inga and Ashton to come with him, and they both refuse. Ashton tries to get Inga to go with. Mm-hmm. Blake, there's nothing which, but, for her here. Yeah. yeah, right. But they both ultimately decide to stay because now that they have access to this base, they have rations that could feed everyone on the planet. Apparently, they have contact with other people on this planet, which I didn't get mm-hmm. at all from their interactions or this story until now. But you know, whatever. But they're gonna stay and you know help the other people there. So you know that's all right. Yeah,
0: I and mean, then Blake offers to come back for Inga <laughs> at a later date, and she's like, "Yeah, I'd like that." And then Jenna beams in. Jenna beams in right at the most inopportune moment to beam in basically she's being a teleporter basically for, for Villa because Villas was on Moloch when he got beamed into space right and uh Blake just just leans in and we get a nice real close-up by the way from via here. here nice close-up
1: <laughs> of,
0: this is a full this is a full lip on lips kiss kissing now if this if there wasn't okay in isolation I could have just brushed this aside it's like oh they're just Close family members, like it's not that weird. So you know, in some place, no. in some places in the world, they they kiss on the lips to greet each other or say goodbye. You know, it's not that weird. No. But there's a lot of like at the beginning of the story. There's a lot of like Blake seems when like
1: Blake says she used to be very precious to me. Yeah, or something exactly. Like that.
0: There's a lot of things that Blake says and does in the story that indicate to me that there is more yeah. Yeah, going I mean, on. Yeah, it's definitely here. An
1: incestuous relationship between him and Inga. There, like, that's more. definitely what it is. Like, there's really no way you can say that it's not. No. And then what's also weird is... I'm just know, saying
0: in isolation, this kiss, I could have brushed aside if there wasn't all the other things Blake says <laughs> and does in this story about this relationship.
1: But what's also weird here is, I mean, I know you said that y- y- you felt that it was hinted that there was a romance between Blake and Jenna. And I've never really, I didn't really agree with that, but they sort of really play it up here with Jenna like looking disgustedly at this. I mean, you can write it off as just her looking disgustedly at incest.
0: Uh, That's what I thought. That's actually what I thought it was. But then Blake's like, what? Blake like legit goes, what? It's fine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. (laughs) Don't judge me. (laughs) Don't judge me for what I do in the bedroom, Jenna. (laughs) Uh, so overall, in over addition there. to Blake 7. You know, wouldn't want to have Blake 7 without incest. The two just go hand in hand. Like,
0: Avon's over there in his leather outfit, like, yeah, don't judge him, <laughs> Jenna. <laughs> yeah, I don't really want to dwell on this too much, because it's just weird and, like...
1: And I, honestly, I don't think they're going to even bring it... Based, just based on the nature of this show, I don't think it's going to be important at all. Yeah, so.
0: I don't think Inga even... Yeah, probably get mentioned back. again. Yeah. At the, you know, based on the way the show is. Still
1: kind of an odd thing to throw in. But. Yeah,
0: it kind of makes you wonder what Alan Pryor was on when he wrote this <laughs> into the story.
1: Maybe he's just into stuff like that.
0: <laughs> Maybe he just wanted something shocking for the audience, which he definitely achieved.
1: Anyway, Servland shows up and it's night now on the planet. Mm-hmm. And she confronts Travis. He's like, what are you going to do, kill me? She's like, well, on paper, we're enemies. When has paper ever stopped me from doing anything?
0: <laughs> she basically tells Travis that as long as Travis keeps leading Servaland to Blake, she'll, like, mark on the records officially that Travis is dead.
1: Right. So they're, st- they're working together again.
0: Reluctantly.
1: Maybe not even reluctantly. Kind of seems like Travis.
0: Servaland's just given up on a new space commander. Which, once again, just shows that Serverland has some sort of weird preference for Travis because this guy got closer than anybody else ever has except for Tarvin.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then it ends with them setting the speed to standard by whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. I felt it could have just ended because there's a... And I'm forgetting exactly what the line could was. It could just ended with Blake going, What? There's nothing wrong. <laughs> what? No. dun 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 dun, dun. No, I mean, okay, so Servaland has this line, and it's kind of, I I'm, again, I'm forgetting exactly what it is, but it's sort of a cool line to end it on, like, yeah, you and me are working together again, Travis, but it's something, Back more, in than that. It's something more than that. action. It's something more than that. Travis and Servaland. And I'm Back butchering it, but yeah, something like that. It could have just ended there, but then it cuts to the Liberator, like, all right, set our next destination, and then <laughs> off they go. So didn't need that there, as they, you know, usually don't need.
0: Probably just to fill the time slot once again.
1: By like what the three seconds that it took yes. up? Sure,
0: you never know. Yeah, you never know. Maybe the BBC was like, "Yo, we really need to fill those three seconds. Like, if you don't fill those three seconds, we'll we're gonna be shut shows. down
1: as a network. <laughs> <laughs> we're shutting
0: everything down. <laughs> the offices will close. We will we will implode them next week if you do not fill those three seconds." And then Vilarim was like panicking.
1: <laughs> the entire future of the BBC rests on Vilarim's shoulders. His ability to fill the three seconds. It's like, what do I fill these three seconds with? What can I possibly add? No, no. Yeah. Anyway, as I've mentioned like twice already, I really liked this episode for what it was, right? Just looking Mm -hmm. back on it, I was like, wow, they really made this sort of bare bones episode pretty interesting.
0: Yeah. Uh, Before we go into rankings, I just want to mention that I found out that apparently Ushton was was played by someone completely different originally. Uh, His name, Duncan Lamont. But apparently after they finished all the the location filming, he passed away. So they had huh. to reshoot every, all of wow. Ashton's parts with a new actor.
1: Well, that's uh, something speaking...
0: Because he didn't finish all the filming, just all the location work. So yeah. none of the in- interior stuff in the base.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, speaking of... And then I didn't know what I was going to say because this is actually not related. But it's related to something we brought up like a couple weeks ago. We were like, what kind of last name is an event? <laughs> and uh, that's... Not I. Th- Sally Nivette's real last name is James. I read, but she just took the name Novet because it was like her grandfather, great grandfather's last name. She's like, yeah, I don't know where it's from, but hmm. that's where I got it from. <laughs> just sounded cool. Uh, I don't know if that's. I mean, they didn't. The interview looked kind of sketchy, and it looked like it was from a site. that was made in like 1996, but <laughs> they didn't nothing source wrong anything. with
0: websites made in 1996.
1: No, no. I mean, they just if. For some reason, hold less credibility, based on I, I mean, I, I don't know why. It's just they just to to me at least. I mean, mm-hmm. there's no like real reason why a site that's designed. Like it's like it was made in ninety six holds less credibility than like an updated site, right? Like
0: I mean visual appearance plays a lot into like how credible you think someone is. If someone shows up at your doorstep wearing torn clothing and with a raggedy beard that hasn't been brushed in seven days and long hair that looks like it hasn't been washed in three years, you don't know you know, it's gonna be less likely you're gonna believe them when they say that they uh uh you know, say that they're like a wealthy businessman who wants to lend you a million dollars than if someone showed up in an immaculate suit well trimmed, right?
1: I mean, if, sure, I mean, I okay, I get what you're saying, but, like, if someone showed up, my door, up at my doorstep offering me a million dollars, I wouldn't believe it no matter what they were But, okay, I mean, I get what you're saying. Yeah. But, like, at the same time when you think about it, you can make something up in 1996 and put it on a website and have that website be designed in terms of, uh, you know, what design was like back then. Mm-hmm. Just as easily as you can do that now and make the site right. look like it was made in 2018.
0: Just as easily as you could do, do that on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> release it right
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> not that I'm making reference to anything in particular
1: okay I don't even know what you're getting I'm, at I'm
0: not referencing anything particular I'm, I'm legitimately uh, all right. not referencing anything uh, okay. in particular
1: <laughs> alright but anyway all I wanted to point out is that this interview I read claimed that Sally Nevette's last name was Sally James hmm. or just James it wasn't Sally Sally James it was just Sally James as a full name
0: Oh, if she'd replied to our request to be on this podcast, we could have asked her. But
1: I found her Twitter, but I don't know if it's her real Twitter. And she hasn't been up- updated in like nine months. So
0: I found Stephen Grief's Twitter, I think. <laughs> I think it was Stephen Grief. Anyway, ratings for this episode. Uh, in a massive break from tradition, I think I'll go first this week. Yeah,
1: why don't you do that? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so my rating for this episode, uh, there is a shot of the pursuit ships. Where it looks really obvious, like they're just hanging from string, uh, the hanging from like fisher's wire, and they're moving really jankly because they're just hanging from Fisher wire and being moved across the screen by some dude off camera. And you know that's that's what I'm reading this episode: <laughs> it's models of pursuit ships hanging <laughs> from fishing wire because you know it looks good. Right, and it serves its purpose. That's, I guess, my point in ranking it, was, it like this is that it serves its purpose, I and mean, it looks good from a distance. It was held together you, by like a thin. Thread. Yeah, when you look back on it, you're like, "Wow, that was actually kind of like not a lot happened, and it was kind of like really close to just falling apart." <laughs> but it serves its purpose, so that's 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 my ranking.
1: Well, I thought this episode really reinvigorated the scare factor of Travis and Servaland, so I rated it a raker shooting people every 30 seconds, because that would be a pretty scary situation to be in, right? <laughs> you know, you're in this room full of people, maniac that's shooting one person every 30 seconds.
0: To the way back.
1: Yeah. No, Spacefall.
0: Oh, you're right, Spacefall, second episode.
1: Yeah. So yeah, that's what I uh, rated it there.
0: Yeah, you know, I guess that's a, that's a fair rating.
1: Oh, I don't care whether it's fair or not.
0: All right, so we got an email this week from regular correspondent and one-time guest host, Sergeant Drano himself, the man, the myth, the legend, Sergeant Drano. The subject line of the email, Blake7-killer. What up, guys? With a question mark.
1: No, you got to S- do it in Sergeant Drano's voice now that we I know what he sounds that's like. That's not happening.
0: <laughs> that's not happening. So, killer... Avon's got that outfit on that you like so much. Yeah, the, the black leather one. Hooray, and Blake's got those giant sleeves that I like so much. Huzzah! Avon breaks into Cubase with a handy space dremel. A lot of exclamation points in this email, I just realized. Wow, get a load of those cockroach uniforms. This episode had a pretty good plot, I thought, but it does take a while to get past those cockroach outfits. Yeah, Did I you guys me. recognize Tynus? You might know him better as Gestapo. Just, Gestapo? Yeah, you Gestapo. That, right? Gestapo. Gestapo agent. Gestapo. Gestapo.
1: Pretty sure that's how it's actually pronounced, but.
0: Agent Tot from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Did not recognize N- him. No, not at, at all. all.
1: <laughs> Although I somehow recognized Raker as that one guy from. <laughs> kind <laughs> of like that how you recognized. That was actually a deleted scene. Kind that of was like, put into the holiday special.
0: <laughs> kind of like how you recognized. What's his name? Who plays that background android in Empire Strikes Back? What? The bald dude? <laughs> In Doctor Who?
1: What's his name? I don't even remember that.
0: Uh, What story was he in? I don't remember. okay. And his name began with an S.
1: Nah, I don't remember. I think.
0: It's the android with like a metal bar, horizontal bar. Oh,
1: yeah. That was, um, what's his face from the mutants?
0: Yeah. It was, um,
1: Sontag or whatever. Yeah.
0: Something with an S. (laughs) Anyway. Love Blake blundering around on the old ship with no protective gear. Who was that fool in the evacuation tunnel? Get out of there, you idiot. And apparently, in the future, Native Americans are known as Redskins. Hmm. In the shot of the Liberator leaving at the end of the episode, is that the London I see alongside it from Spacefall? Still, all in all, another great episode. Seven out of seven. Sergeant Dreno, Station Seven, the door.
1: I uh, I agree. Really liked Killer. Yeah, Killer was a to good see episode. Other people like it as well.
0: Glad to see other people have the same opinion as me. Yeah. So this email should have made it into the last week's episode, except. We didn't record till after last week's episode went out this week so right. unfortunately it only made it into this week's episode but it did make it into the episode. And I agree with Thanks your point. So.
1: Thanks again. Sorry Thank you again for new.
0: emailing us. And if you the listener would like to also email us you can do so at the vegetable.com. questions, comments, concerns, angry events, love letters, your thoughts on I was about to say incest. incest. <laughs> guess that's what we're going with you can find us on youtube at decorativevegetable.com and you can find us on apple podcasts and google play at zenith blake 7 podcast be sure to leave a rating if you like the show
1: check us out on facebook trust your doctor like us on facebook also check us out on twitter at tyd podcast and follow us on twitter and next time we're watching countdown but until then the end